You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb and you're watching Digging Deep and we're on to episode 17. 17 with a gentleman whom I met uh, recently at a networking event and he has a delightful product, um, you know, something that I've actually put onto our Instagram uh, live and, you know, talked about uh, the product and that is the OVU card. Uh, he is a power networker. He's uh, attended a hundred meetings uh, in a hundred days. Uh, and I'm so excited to uh, chat and, you know, hopefully pick his brain about all things networking. I'd like to introduce my guest today, Reza V. Reza, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. And so COVID has kind of really shut us all down. Um, but, you know, you uh, have been on a tear. You've been networking, uh, you know, prior to COVID, you were doing it, you know, uh, in person. And now, you know, uh, online, you're, you're just tearing it up. So you know, tell me, you know, what things have gone on over this last couple of uh, weeks, you know, in terms of networking and how has it changed your perspective on what that looks like? Well, firstly, I was lucky that I got to do my 100 events because I, I, I finished that 100-day uh, journey or marathon right before COVID. February 20th was the, the last event that I attended. And then 10 days later or, or uh, three weeks later, things um, got a lot worse and events were canceled. So I was lucky in that sense. And that got me enough momentum that I got other opportunities uh, to do podcasts, to do, um, I'm, I'm a co-host of a show called What Keeps You Up at Night. It's a collaboration between me and um, Startup Vancouver and Startup Canada is behind it, promoting it. Um, there are these stuff that just happened because of what I did during that 100 events. So I feel like I would have had a much harder time getting out there if, had I not done that. Um, but virtual events is really hard. Now that we are in isolation, it's really difficult to, to network online. Yeah, networking online takes on a whole new thing. I mean, especially if you're using Zoom. I think Zoom as a platform is great in terms of housing a lot of people. But you can only hear one person at a time because it cuts everybody else. So often I say, if I have to be on mute and I have to just listen to a webinar, put it on YouTube, I'll watch it whenever I get a chance. Why do I have to be on this Zoom call when I'm not engaging or participating? And Zoom has this, Zoom, they're trying. I mean, they have breakout rooms, they have these features, but it's, it's nothing like the in-person event where I can turn to the person next to me and start a conversation that just doesn't happen naturally online. Absolutely. So let's get into that. Um, you know, when you're out networking over those hundred events, you know, what was one of the biggest things that you learned, um, you know, by networking so frequently and, and so meticulously over the hundred days? So the biggest thing that stood out to me was I observed a lot of people hiding behind their profession. We have, um, we have these job titles and these um, 
artificial stuff that we hide behind and we have our identity attached to it. And yet people are thirsty to get to know the real you and connect with the person you are. So I got, I got to observe hundreds of conversations where it was starting with, so what do you do? And then you get into that highway and you get stuck in that conversation. And it's really difficult to get out of that highway, get an exit and get out of that and really talk about the, the, the other aspects of oneself. So with Ovu, I had this card, but I'm, I wasn't selling it. So I was in this position that I'm passionate. I'd love to chat about you about the card, but I equally was passionate about Reza. Reza V was doing 100 events and I wanted to share that with people and i i'm i'm i've noticed that about myself i'm really comfortable um expressing myself so i got into these conversations that were different than than what you're used to people were expecting me to tell them what i do and I, what i want from them in the networking event and instead i didn't talk about my business whatsoever i just talked about i'm networking i'm learning i'm you know, what can I learn from you? What do you like about networking? And they were like, so I didn't get it. What do you do exactly? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do this business cartoon, but forget about that. Let's talk about um, other uh, stuff like networking or, or other things that I'm passionate about. So I learned quickly that a lot of people are hiding behind what they do. They get stuck in there and, um, that that is that and and they don't notice that that is hurting them more than helping them and then at the same time on the equal token i see a lot of people thirsty to connect with the person they want a real person so that that's i guess the the biggest thing i noticed during the whole thing yeah and i can totally understand that i think a lot of people treat networking in a way where it's so superficial it's it's fairly skimming the top. I mean, I think part of it is a protective mechanism. I think especially now with social media, uh, people have, you know, insecurities about themselves and don't want to share um, and or they don't feel like they should put themselves out there for fear of judgment. And, you know, um, when you're doing that, you actually miss out a lot of the opportunities because you're not able to express genuinely uh, and connect genuinely with people. Uh, and that actually affects, I feel, how people perceive you and whether or not they'll want to do business with you. Did you find that when you were going around and you're introducing people, were some people who were, you know, protective about, you know, who they were and, and hiding behind, you know, their profession. Did you find that they were standoffish? Did you feel like you didn't want to connect with them very much? Is, is that, is that what you felt? Um, I did feel the difference between different people. There were people who were much more comfortable about who they are and they were sharing that. There were people who were much more fake and they were trying to um, become this persona that they're not. And, it, it, and, and it's, it's kind of laughable because they don't see how easy it is to, to see through that, but they want to put put forward this persona so I met this kid who, who was 19 years old and he was saying I'm a multi um, um, you know I own I'm a serial entrepreneur I own different businesses I do this I do that and and few questions in you're like are you kidding me you're just trying to live up to an image that social media told you you should 
live by and it's so not authentic and it it it, it comes through as a fake fake persona but i always push through with my own authenticity so i try to be authentic and push through and i didn't and and hope i hope that their their you know guard goes down and oftentimes that happened a lot of people that had a bit of a guard they were they were feeling like either i'm selling them something or they weren't sure what's happening i just pushed through i was myself Maybe the second time I met them, they, they got to know. Actually, one person from your chapter, you know, Allison. Allison told me that the first time, it was like, Reza, honesty, the first time I wasn't really sure what your intentions were. You were I was in my head thinking another person who's networking, what, it, what does he want? It took me two, three times to see you around to realize, no, 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 this guy is actually for real. He's not trying to sell me anything or, or um, any of any of that. And I didn't care. I was like, I'll just put myself out there, and and people either get to know it quickly or later, it will happen. So then, before you did the hundred days, you know, how would you describe yourself? Were you an extrovert naturally, or are you an introvert? You know, I think a, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, um, you know, struggle with trying to be an extrovert when they're networking. And, and I, I wanted to see, you know, what, um, what I, I would I wouldn't say I changed anything about myself. I just leaned into what I, I was good at. So um, it came natural to me. Now that I look back and analyze it, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that all this time. I've been actually good with connecting with people. I have examples from being five years old, being 10 years old. All this time, I've been around family, around strangers. I've been the person who's naturally good at connecting with people. I just didn't know, didn't really recognize it. And I put myself in that 100 events thing because it came natural to me. I felt like, oh, this is easy. I can do this. I know how to do it. It, it was Honestly, it was an easier thing in my head than sitting behind the computer and trying to figure out what to do with the business. I felt like that is easier for Reza. And I noticed only at the events that, oh, wow, a lot of people, it's not the case for them. A lot of people are terrified of this. And I'm like, this is crazy. I didn't know someone would be terrified of networking and talking to strangers. For me, it's, it's fun. It's, it's actually liberating. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm generally uh, one of those people who don't network very good in a big room. Uh, I'm very much uh, more in tune with the one-on-one. I'm very curious Mm -hmm. uh, and and I really love to explore people's things, but in a big room, it's, it's a little overwhelming some days. Um, That being, that being said, introverts are amazing at, you know, real connection. So I'm good at going out there putting myself out there, let that, uh, you know, uh, get the attention. And slowly I have different people coming to me and then I talk to them. Introverts like yourself, you guys are really good at one-on-one. When you do have that one-on-one and you get over that hump of meeting someone, then it becomes super powerful for you guys because you guys lean in, understand the person, and it becomes a really strong tie for you guys. Yeah, I feel like that 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 sort of resonates with me. I feel like you know when we're out in in a room, you know, I'm looking for that person who I do know, and I hang out with them. 
Um, but <laughs> it's that life raft. And I don't know. I think when people, um, when you, when you're an introvert, you're cautious about people. Um, you're cautious about putting your heart on your sleeve and, you know, cause it's exhausting. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of work when you're trying to get to know a person and trying to find that authenticity. So if you're like, if I'm going to waste that energy, I'd prefer to put it to something that, that seems productive to me. Um, and mm-hmm. often, you know, just like you were saying, there's a lot of fake people who are at networking events. And to me, uh, have you been to Vegas? Uh, yes. Okay. So going to a networking event for me feels like those people who are on the strip, um, you know, flicking cards at you, yeah. trying to get you to see the strippers. And that's what it feels like. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's really bothersome and it's, and it's really energy draining. And, and so how do you, how do you prepare? Like before you went to each of the events, like, you know, do you have uh, specific rituals that you do before you enter things that you t- say, do listen to, you know, how do you get yourself prepared, especially when you're in hundred events back to back? So I didn't prepare anything, to be honest. I just, I just attended them. And maybe, maybe it's at my loss. Maybe I would have got more out of it if I did uh, per- uh, prepare myself. But what happened was I put myself in a very unique framework. And that was I didn't put a goal of selling something. I didn't put a goal of I need to meet this many people. None of that. I just said, Reza, you have to put yourself out there. You have to attend 100 different rooms with people. And preferably if there were marketing or startup related events, those are my choices. The number three in priority was small businesses because that's where my product you know, resonates and uh, my target market sits. And then number four, if I didn't find any of those, I ended up at construction events insurance i went to immigrant related networking like whatever i found that day so uh and lots of times it was last minute and i just found something and sure let's go so i put myself in this framework that my job was to be there and to take a post and you know document uh, the whole thing and put it on on social media so those those were the things i had to do so when i entered that room i was kind of like relieved from all the stress i have to run the business to you know launch something to talk to developer all that stuff was gone and i was just in the present moment i was in that room not thinking about anything other than what's happening in the room and talking to people i had plenty of time outside of that room to to worry about other stuff so i put myself in this position where i was relaxed i was in present moment and i talked to a lot of people i let this was my my what what i would call my power i don't know if i can call superpower but my, my what i leveraged was when i was in the room i let my curiosity take over the wheel and i just let that go so that curiosity started asking questions. I was interested in every field. I felt like, you know, I'm still in university trying to pick my major. I was like, oh, wow, you're a plumber. That's amazing. How did you get into that? I didn't know plumbing can be a big business. I thought it's a small business. Oh, you're a painter, but you have 40 people working for you. It was all interesting to me. All of them, the business aspect of it, how people make money, how are they promoting themselves? what they do differently, all of it. 
So I, I got a lot out of that too, because I started peeling other people's layer by layer to get to the core. And because I was genuine, putting myself out there the same way, I got to connect with people very strongly, especially that I saw people multiple times at different events. It started to be like, this is the guy I was telling you about. He's doing 100 events. Or I put a website up um, with a list of all the events I go to and eight people started following me because they were like, you know what? I don't want to go alone. I know you, I've seen you around. So I just come to these events with you. So I go to an event and four people come and say, I looked at your website and that's why I'm here. So that was, that was very interesting. Oh, that's really cool. I think that's yeah. uh, that's really interesting. So then let's, why don't we jump into your, your, your product for a second there, yes. because you know, we're talking about networking and you know, uh, NFC or near field communications or um, it is a, a real hot thing that's sort of shown up in the maybe the last year or so, um, mm -hmm. you know, at least at least in the consumer market. But tell me, you know, what was your inspiration into you know developing Ovu? Like, what was what was going through your head at the time when you thought this was going to be cool? This this could this could change the game. So I had the idea two years ago, and. I didn't, th I, I did my research and I didn't think it was the right timing because Apple wasn't supporting it. And you had to make this messy QR code um, kind of solution, which is to this day, QR code is still a part of the game. In my Zoom background, there's no way I can put an NFC on. But at the moment, I didn't think it's a, it's a right um, idea. So I started looking at other ideas and I was doing marketing at the time for some small businesses. A year later, uh, last year in the summer, I met uh, someone that I felt like I can st start working with. I'm not a tech, per tech uh, person, but he was. And, and he's much stronger in tech than I am. So I started having conversations and we were thinking about, you know, expanding, doing, I don't know, something like an agency where he has SaaS uh, services and I do marketing services. And then all of a sudden I had this idea from a while ago and we thought, let's give it a try. Let's see if, if there is some merits to it. And a few months later, I started getting much more serious about it. The reason I like the idea is because think about all the businesses, you know, only established businesses or the top three or top five in each category actually have the budget to do Google, Facebook, and other sorts of uh, promotional stuff. Think about someone who is uh, becoming a lawyer or is an is a accountant or a marketer. All these people at the beginning, they don't have the budget to become number one on Google. They don't have the budget and that's a long-term investment. So the shortcut is let's print some business cards, let's get a brochure, let's hit networking events because that is the easiest way to get some blood in this uh, business until a year or two later, I have the money to, to actually spend on other, other types of advertising. And I realized that when I was doing marketing for other businesses, I realized there is a gap. Businesses that start until they get to a point that they can effectively use all these tools, there is just some gap. So all they do is use their traditional print products. 
And wherever I looked at on small businesses, 99% of them are not at the top page of Google. Therefore, they're on uh, networking instead, and therefore they're using these products. The flaw with those products is beside the analytics and all that stuff that is missing, the flaw is that is a physical product and it wants the consumer to go to a next level of that funnel, which is an online um, experience. So it's offline to an online experience. It's very clicky and bad and people have to type their uh, website or social medias. I, Reza, have a lot to show to the world. And on this piece of paper, I can't do that. All my social medias become you know, irrelevant on that piece of paper. And I frankly think I'm more than a piece, uh, I'm more than a phone number on a piece of paper. And I want something to, to show that. So that was the drive behind it. And I felt like this card with the QR and NFC allows me to quickly get the person to know me on digital since I have a lot of digital presence. I want all that in a page. Another thing that is going through my mind from the day one is how do I or how can someone present themselves in a single mobile web page fully with all the digital presence so people can understand it. And that presentation needs to get better and better. And we have so many social medias that's overwhelming. So for example, I want to know uh, who Justin Lam is, and I go to Instagram, a little bit I get to know you. I go on LinkedIn, I have to look at them all, and each one of them is a different angle. How do we package that for people who have uh, the, the attention span of a goldfish? How do we package that in a single web page? And to this day, we are trying to do better and better every day, so it's a, it's a work uh, that needs to evolve. But the idea or philosophy behind it is I want you to present yourself in a single page of a phone, like an uh, iPhone, and that should present yourself fully. Well, that's really amazing because I think really only up until recently, QR codes actually almost died. Uh, in a sense, because and they have a comeback. Yeah. And, and the reason why, and for those people who are listening, who, who don't necessarily know, um, QR codes are what you see on Reza's screen. And for those people who are listening, um, it, it looks like a barcode um, that is that is sitting on a screen and you're able to capture that. And what what is interesting about it is the reason why it didn't take off for the longest time is because digital products couldn't figure out how to monetize on it, um, how to convert um, it without being clunky, like you said. Um, and so, you know, it used to, you had to download a QR code reader um, and then, you know, you'd have to figure out how to open it and you'd have to remember that you had it. Uh, then you had to scan it and then it would take you to a intermediary website. Like it, it wasn't really robust. And so now you, you've been working in the background, kind of percolating on these things. And, you know, I, I tell people that, you know, success doesn't come, you know, overnight. I mean, this is percolated in your head and you've worked on it. Uh, and, and the opportune time is now. Uh, and, and because, you know, iPhones, uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the iPhone who was first one uh, to do it via software, where you just open your regular camera app and then all of a sudden it would register 
I'm pretty sure it was them before, before Google picked it up. Um, but that changed the game because as soon as I discovered that it could do that, um, I started to reuse QR codes because I saw what was coming. Um, and of course, you know, up until the iPhone, I believe, uh, 10, um, you could only read QR codes, but you couldn't use NFC properly. And NFC is, you know, the chip and proximity mm-hmm. sensor that allows you to transfer the same data um, except by tap. And so, you know, I've been, I've been hawkeyeing this. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't have the, the desire to create a product out of it, but I did know that this technology is going to change the way, you know, people are going to network and people are going to interact. Um, and so it's really nice to see that, that you've got that, um, you know, in place and, you know, your, your success with this, uh, you know, will, will ultimately be that preparation that you've put in uh, to get you to this particular point, because, you know, people like me who recognize its use uh, might not necessarily act on it. And you managed to act on that particular piece. I just know how to act to get that piece uh, into my repertoire and arsenal. So now with that, um, when we're talking about, uh, you know, the development of product, um, you know, I think a lot of people who are in that mind space where they like, you know, have these ideas and, and whatnot. Like, I think a lot of people might struggle with what that journey looks like. I think people are just stuck in their head. Like, how did you put concept to, to actual wheels? Like to get it to a physical product. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with that. So I feel like people forget how, you know, we hear execution is important. Team is important, but, in reality, when it comes to it, we, we keep forgetting that. We keep thinking idea is more important. I recently did a webinar around social capital, which is something I'm super fascinated recently because all the way to my 100th event, I didn't know I was dealing with social capital until afterwards during one of the podcasts I was hosting. My guest told me you're talking about social capital and it's a big topic in Silicon Valley. And I started reading about it. I started looking into it and I was like, wow, all my real life experiences comes back to this concept that I didn't know there's academic concept around it. So I've been really focusing on social capital and I did a webinar around it talking about these different types of capital and one of them is social capital and how your network is important. One gentleman told me, well, do you think idea is more important or networking? And I was like, through networking, you get way better ideas. Through having a team, you get way better ideas. So you need those key people. And and networking is not about having thousands and thousands of people around you. Networking is about having the right people, meeting those strong connections. Until I, two years ago, I started getting more serious about startups and I wanted to, uh, I had multiple ideas and I wanted to uh, do something, but I couldn't do any of it because I needed a strong tech person beside me. So I started attending BrainStation um, networking events and Red Academy, whatever um, startup events was in town. And this is two, two and a half years ago. And I quickly realized I need to find that person and that person is really hard to find because all these people tell me they're amazing. They do great stuff, but none of them feel right. So that journey, this QR code or or the NFC card that I'm doing right now, it could have started 
much earlier, but I didn't have the right person. Until last year when I met that person, I feel like I can do anything with this person. This person is 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 uh, in tune with me. We have a good team going on. We understand each other and we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about AI. We talk about what other uh, tools we can we can use in the long term. And we even talk about how okay, Ovu gets to this stage if it if it succeeds. This is how it looks like if it fails. Okay, what other stuff we can do? It just opens up a lot of other opportunities when you have the right people. The ideas come from them. Uh, there, there, there is um, a good balance of pushing each other. I can help him improve in his work and I, he can help me improve. He actually uh, put a, uh, I'm the founder. He's, he's not uh, a co-founder yet, but I need to put a goal for him to hit, but he's now pushing me to go uh, see more enterprise uh, clients and, and do sales. So we are helping each other. So end of the day, when you have a good team, I feel like that journey um, starts from there. So it's, I find, and, and I don't want to be cheesy about networking and end of the day, I, I don't like the transactional networking that people do just to sell but I feel like meeting those people need to be priority number one and creating a strong team. And from there, the journey shows itself and lots of things happen from there. But I've, I've been guilty about this more than anybody else, sitting in, the, in your room and just thinking and pondering about the idea and making it perfect. It's, it's a wrong way of doing it. Yeah, I, th I think execution uh, and, and then fixing it after, you know, has a lot of merit to it. Uh, but you you struck me with something when when you talked about mm -hmm. you know finding your partner, and, and this is something I think you know would be would be an interesting dialogue between you and I. Um, one because I think you know you your your um, open curiosity and your ability to be vulnerable and curious um, lends me to ask you this question. When you talked about finding the right person, and you talk about the intuitive nature of that, um, I often, you know, talk to individuals and I see them hire or 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 kind of jump the gun um, and, and just go with anything that moves. And, and I'm an opposed to that. I, a lot of you know what I I decide to hire on, or I feel that I'm going to engage into uh, a business transaction with, uh, has a lot to do with gut instinct. And it sounds like you have a very strong affinity to that as well. So, you know, what is your take about, you know, having that gut feeling saying like, yeah, this, this feels right. I, this is going to be the, the person I'm going to go ahead with. So I feel like um, it takes time to, it, it takes quite time um, to get to know yourself enough that you can actually rely on that gut feeling. But unless you, pay attention to it and make a decision based on gut feeling and be wrong and then learn from that. You're not going to get closer to that gut feeling. Your intuition is weak. So it, it, it takes time to really understand 
uh, how you are processing things, what are your weaknesses, what are your biases. I'm still to this day, it's like a cycle. I make a decision, I move forward, and I'm like, oh, I made a mistake here. Why? Let's look back. And this is a habit thing that people need to form. Um, I formed it a few years back. Um, I had quite a bit of a roller coaster in my life and I ended up taking a few months of backpacking in Southeast Asia and uh, by sheer coincidence I ended up in this Bali silent retreat and then I extended my stay for seven days and that was the beginning journey of me creating a habit of keep asking myself why do I feel this way where does it come from? Why did I make that decision? Like I separate myself from, from my own, um, you know, brain or I don't know how to say it, but you separate yourself and you keep asking questions about yourself to really understand where are all those weaknesses and strengths and biases. And when I make a mistake, I go back and say, well, why did I make that decision? What did I feel that moment? Where are my biases? Where are the blind spots that I don't know about and this cycle keeps repeating and you get better and better and better and then you have a much stronger uh, alignment with how you feel and how um, you you make decisions or know yourself so I'm a firm believer to focus on that self-awareness and then make mistakes based on your intuition but get to know that more and more and that feeling becomes stronger and stronger and then i also want to refer to there's a book called good to great um i love that book i love, I love the, book. the book and it says in there this uh, i forgot the author but he studied for 10 years all the successful people to just realize what is um the recipe and one of the things it says is first who then what this is super important first who is in your team and then you can decide where what direction that team wants to go um and and as i'm going forward i i realize that more and more and more and i even went to my 12th event um coincident again and and i i'm so happy i ended up meeting uh, boris wertz who's a who's a very successful and well-known VC uh, venture capitalist in Vancouver. And he, he was having this fire chat, um, you know, talking about entrepreneurs and startup founders. And he was emphasizing on however much you are prioritizing hiring, double down on it. You have to spend a lot of time to meet the right people. And hiring is the most important thing for any entrepreneur and now i'm going forward i keep thinking about that i need to meet more people i need to find the key people even if i don't have a job for them right now i need to find at least two to three people for that in the future so when the time comes i know who to call and that's been my kind of um i wouldn't say north star but that's been the way i've been navigating it um so far oh that's amazing i love that I I really like that idea of, you know, meeting these people and putting them in your back pocket. I mean, I think I do that subconsciously. I might not necessarily, you know, do that with that in mind, but you know, as soon as that idea or that opportunity comes up, it instantly comes back to me. It's like, I've met that person already. Yeah. I know who's going to be good for yeah. that. 
Um, you know, and, and and you touched on the point where I think is really relevant, and and I'm hoping that you know people picked up on it. But if not, I'm going to highlight a little bit when we talk about you, you know, failing to listen to your gut properly, you know, because there are other influences because our gut is actually linked to our primal brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, our our mammalian brain and our and our and our neocortex, like our our um, our processing units and, and, and processing brain tries to overrule of those things. Um, but our gut instinct is actually really powerful. And because we don't use it, it's like every other muscle, mm-hmm. uh, it atrophies. And, and so, you know, I think people are quick to, you know, misjudge their own intuition because they failed at it. Um, but I like that your approach is, you know, okay, so I've made a mistake. Did I reflect poorly? Did I, did I, do something or process that information with a bias instead of listening to the primal instinct um, that was there. Uh, and because you're constantly doing it, you're only going to improve that. And I think that's such a valuable tool for those people who feel like they're hiring wrong or that they're overthinking all of these things. Um, but in quantum physics, like your energy kind of knows, like, you know, you know that that person is not right for you and they, They've given all of those energies to you and your brains actually process those subconsciously. And it's whether or not we're able to tap that for that very particular moment. And I think I'm going to make important. a, I'm going to make a different analogy. It might stick to some people easier. Oh, perfect, perfect. Think about, think about this. Um, when you are, you know how you say, learn from your mistakes. If you are consciously trying to learn from your mistakes, you get overwhelmed. You are like, okay, I have to write down my mistakes. I have to think about it. Then I have to remember it. Every time I face that, I have to go back and say, what did I learn from that mistake? I need to make sure I'm not doing it again. It's so tiring and it's so exhausting. But think about learning from your mistakes in your subconscious. When you are repeating these habits of saying that, what did I learn here? How did I feel? Because I want my gut feeling or where, uh, I don't know the correct term, but that part of the brain where, which is um, about subconscious, I want that to understand why it had the wrong feeling and it made me the wrong, uh, make the wrong decision. It's like, a, it's like training an AI machine. Think about your subconscious as, as an AI. It made a mistakes. You're telling it, dude, this wasn't the correct decision. This was the correct. You shouldn't feel this way. Like you shouldn't feel, um, I don't know, excited or feared or, or scared in this moment. And these are the reasons. Next time, correct yourself. You do that 100 times. Your gut feeling trains itself to have the right feeling at each moment. You don't have to think about it anymore. You just guide yourself through that feeling. Yeah, wonderful analogy. I'm hoping somebody finds real, real value in that. So tell me, you know, what's, what's, what's next? I, I mean, are you going to try 100 digital events in the next uh, 100 days? Or uh, are you going to wait till COVID relieves itself and, and so go back to I- people events? <laughs> That's funny. I've been I've been actually asked uh, quite a number of times, what are you going to do uh, online in the virtual world? And I thought about this quite a bit. And I find attending online events is nothing like uh, offline events. So in offline events, you have content in that event. 
plus networking. And that's powerful because if I watch somebody talk for an hour and then you're watching it with me, then there's a bonding moment happening between us and we can talk about that content. But online, the networking piece is missing and it's all about the content. And then it's so tiring behind the computer, you sit and you have to bear this webinar or whatnot. So I felt like, okay, the, the um, attending 100 net virtual networking events is not going to help me whatsoever. And I'm not going to get much out of it. Then I thought about networking um, in, the, in, in an online environment would look like comments, threads, go to forums, engaging like I would personally put an hour to two hours a day at least to go find conversations that are related to me, jump in there at my two cents, get engaged somehow and do that. And I thought about actually a show doing every day. I hope somebody does it because I, I, I'm not sure if I'm doing it now, but I thought about doing a show that is live streaming every day, one hour of me going and finding these conversations and comment on them and have the whole screen, like my mobile screen on the live live show and people see it. This is the comment as I'm doing it. And they can even engage with me and say, go say that, or there is a, there's a discussion here, go participate in that. But then I took a step back to try to figure out where OVU is going and what's the plan with the team, because at the end of the day, I don't want to, um, I have two things I'm juggling. I have Resavi and I have Ovu. And while there are some connections in between, but they're two different animals, I, I don't want to uh, get too far away from, from Ovu either. And then right now, the, the entire, all the brainstorming that we've been, we've been doing over the past few weeks came to conclusion that I need to approach enterprise um, businesses with sales teams. And I want to sell them uh, a sales solution, uh, a business car solution with analytics and dashboard and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm literally approaching uh, companies with sales teams and I want to actually do a show similar to the hundred events around that where Reza during at the beginning of hundred events, he didn't, try to say I'm the expert of networking to this day. I'm not an expert of networking. I'm one of you guys, to be honest, I don't know networking as much as any of you guys, but I'm committed to put it out there and show you guys what it's like to actually doing it. And I can do that with sales. I haven't done much sales in my life. I don't know what it's like to sell to a sales team, which is very difficult. The, you know, selling to a salesperson is difficult. So now I want to kind of, document what it's like for me to every day approach these businesses, especially the ones that have, you know, locations and approach them and try to sell and show you all the rejections and all the failure and all the times that I was, you know, heartbroken that I couldn't, I got rejected or I, uh, or whatever happened. That's the, that's the plan. I think there's going to be a real desire for that. Um, 
it'll be fun to to have the person you know who who's going to help you with that uh follow you around for 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 the day it's like the well it's like the gary v show except it'll be the mm-hmm. reza v show it'll be really <laughs> cute uh and and you know i think people find tremendous value i think a lot of people have a misconception uh, especially with social media uh that everything is you know supposed to be easy and it's not we i mean yeah we have challenges every single day um you know and it's it's just a, a matter of you know picking up your socks and and just continue to go but uh you know because time is is coming near uh, i want to kind of start to wrap ourselves up i think we're probably going to have to to hop on another one of these in the near future um but one thing i like to ask my guests is uh a piece of literature a book uh, a reference uh, something that's inspired you um, you know, or or pushed you to be a, a better form of yourself. Do you have any anything that you know you could recommend somebody to go check out? Um, you know that that could completely you know change the way they think or feel, or something that's deeply impacted you and and, and your life. So only I say this only because I'm I'm reading this book right now, and I'm super uh, passionate about social capital. There is a book called. Um, Social Capital 2.0 by Dr. Rick Mask, um, if you can see it. And this book talks about social capital, not in a uh, sociologist or, or, or economic sense. It more talks about it in the business sense and organizations. And I think it's important going forward because over the past century, we've been talking about productivity, and um, and we really focused North Americans focused on manufacturing productivity and uh, financial capitals. Over the past thirty years or twenty years, we've been really discussing human capital and investing in yourself has become the slogan of a lot of YouTubers. Invest in yourself, learn, 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 and we are talking about that. Social capital is the, is the next level, talking about investing in your network, investing in your relationships. And that's something we've been doing it, but we haven't really paid attention to it. And I feel like going forward, it becomes really important. Dr. Mask is uh, going to be our um, guest in our podcast this week. And I was so fortunate to get a reply from him. I, I just randomly emailed him and I told him about the parts of his book that I like and the questions I have during COVID and he accepted. So I'm super excited to, to do that. And yeah, I've, I've got a lot out of this book. So I definitely recommend it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to probably have to check that out and we'll put it on my reading list. Uh, I've been, I've been getting a lot of new things on my reading list, so I'm excited to add another one to my list. But thank you so much for joining me today, Reza. I really did appreciate it. I think it was uh, such a valuable talk, and I'm hoping people really found value in this. Uh, for those people who are looking to uh, connect with Reza, um, Reza, what's the best way to, to reach you? ovu.me slash Reza. So ovou.me slash Reza is my digital business card. All my social media, all the links are there. Yeah. And so for those people who are listening on the podcast, you can also go to the link on YouTube uh, and you'll see that he has his QR code right there on the screen. So you can scan that and go feel free to visit. Um, if you like this podcast and, and you know, you want to learn more, please feel free to ask questions. We'd love to connect. 
My job is really to help serve and try to support you as a business owner to build a better business because a building a better business builds a better community and we can all use a better community. So Reza, thank you so much again for joining me today and I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.